Initialize sequence. Yo, what up? This is Prozac. This is Shaq's too dope from Insane Cloud Posse. Uh, yeah, this is Reese. Yo, this be the one them called Tech Nine. What's up? This is Mad Child. This is your boy Spider Man, aka Brother Lynch. Huh? Jared from Head PE. Yo, what up? This is Cop. My name is Recognized. This is Boondock. Yo, this Blaze, you dare homie. Welcome to the underground, Australia's home of underground music. We are back on episode 18 of the underground amped. It is Ned joined by Fitz, JCL Herbert, I'm pretty sure, and Amin Azor <laughs> down the line. Now, boys, I say I'm pretty sure. I haven't been in here. Well, we haven't done a podcast in a little while. I see Jace for the first time in a while. And he is looking visibly different. Jay? <laughs> Explain. First up, before we get into that, guys, what is up? Nim down the line, how are you? Going good, man, going good. And I wish I was in the studio with you because all this talk about the new Jay, I mean, first off, I, he must be new and improved because he hasn't tried to strangle any of us. That's uh, true. Mm. And secondly, he hasn't called anyone an idiot yet. Uh, he's been very pleasant. So first I want to know is, who are you and what is the real J-Cell Herbert? Hold on to that, Jay, before, like, I'm lucky he's got a very slow reaction time. I can see him warning up to answer that before he even says anything. thinking time. Johnny, how are you, man? I'm good, dude. I'm, uh, I'm very interested to hear the secret behind the transformation. <laughs> we will hear that very shortly. And we've got three big things to cover on today's show. Of course, Nim, you caught up with Bobby Lashley, ex-TNA legend. And I suppose he started off in the WWE as well. We've got him on the show. That is huge, man. Very nice guy, too. Bobby Lashley, he gave us a lot of time. And, like, I very rarely do this when I do WWE interviews, but he was more than happy to talk about his time in TNA and stuff like that. So it was actually a really good chat. Yeah, nice. And we are going to cover that a little bit, too, because we are big TNA heads right here. So we've got a big... Bobby Lashley interview coming up that Nim's caught up with and we'll be discussing Impact Wrestling. We're going to be discussing the transformation of J-Sale Herbert and we're going to be discussing local Horsham boy Mitch Creek signing with the Brooklyn Nets earlier today, I'm assuming it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. earlier this morning. So it's a big show and we're covering a lot of topics today. It is big, <laughs> unlike Jace. <laughs> now, Jace... I came in, I was, I was shocked to see you there wearing that skin-tight Taylor's like t-shirt, and you have visibly lost a lot of KGs, my man. What's And you said there's a reason behind this. Yeah, well, the only reason sort of behind it is, like, eating better and oh, exercise. Oh, come on, dude. What's okay, the reason? Man, that on. is some BS right there. Eating better, I call BS. You haven't seen my Instagram, man. Dude, you posted a picture of some food. That's great. <laughs> and it was not healthy food. Actually, yeah, it was. It was a big bunch of bacon and a whole heap of hollandaise sauce. Yeah, eggs and that as well. Chock full <laughs> oh, cool. of protein. What about the rest of it? I, I bet you've been given a lot of protein. <laughs> he has, man. And much like Stone Cold Steve Austin, his way is hibbity-dibbity to happiness if happiness is being skinny and getting hibbity-dibbity, Jace. <laughs> Explain this, Herbs. I'm just interested to know. Because <laughs> First up, he said he went to the gym. I said, come on. Really? Nims, he said he went to the gym. I did go to the gym a couple of months ago. <laughs> so we can cross that out. So, Jay, just quickly, man. Like, obviously, we know that this year you have been playing footy. You've had a little couple, a couple of head knocks to the head, which, uh, you know, was, was still questionable to this day. <laughs> we spoke about that. He doesn't remember those. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, that big knock to a head. But So clearly, the football, the diet, everything seems to be coming together pretty well for you then. Pretty much, yeah. 
Yeah, except for the fact, like, he says that he, he, he's barely played football this year, man. I probably played more football this year than what he has. He took that ginger bump, and then you were out for how long, Jay? And then they made you be a goal umpire, if I recall? <laughs> yeah, they've been playing for the last bloody month. Well, you know been what? back playing the last uh, month. Where have you been? Jay, you normally do get uh, quite a vigorous hand workout normally. <laughs> <laughs> probably uh, developed to your tremendous forearm. But what I want to know, Jay, is... Now, you remember back in the day we had Body by Jake, that little... It was like a, like, typo sort of, you call up and you get those little instructional videos of how you two can have Body by Jake. I want to know, what's the true secret for Body by Jake? <laughs> come on, be honest, come on. Uh, Jay, come, on come on. Oh, jeez, should I really divulge that secret? Yep. Jeez, um, hmm, I don't know. We're all buddies here. There's nothing to hide. <laughs> <laughs> no, look... It's, like, we want to know, man. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you take off your T-shirt, there'll be rock-hard abs there. Nims, <laughs> <laughs> um, please. Well, let's not do that. It's easy I'm... for you to say, brother, when you're not here with him, damn it. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to mentally scar these guys with my wonderfully chiseled physique. Oh! But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, what's your secret then? Come on. <laughs> I don't have a secret. <laughs> Jay, you mentioned that it had something to do with hibbity-dibbity. <laughs> that was you, not me, man, but um, yeah, maybe a little. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> JL Herbert has been doing the Stone Cold Steve Austin, I guess, F your way to fitness. Hibbity-dibbity to happiness. Yeah, hibbity-dibbity to happiness is what we are calling it. Happiness being skinny and, I guess, getting hibbity-dibbity. Uh, they both go in one. So, Jay, <laughs> congratulations on both aspects. Thanks, man. It's great I'm to see really you. really proud of the guy. Like, not only do you look good, but it's, uh, you know. I'll tell you what, Nanny, all of a sudden, we kind of know what he's been eating to fit in that diet, eh? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> That's great news, though, Jay, and I'm glad that uh, you've been promoted from goal umpire back to on the field. So, um, you said, where have I been? Well, obviously, I haven't been with you at any of those Taylor's Lakes games. And when I was with you... There was that questionable concussion. Yeah, no, and you didn't talk to any of them, so I might right. add. Yeah, well, my friggin' brains were scrambled at the time. What were you expecting? Oh, come on, Jay. That is not unusual. Scrambled 99% of the time. Exactly. Good point. Good point. Yeah, so there you go. Well, it's good. There's a lot of hibbity-dibbity. Do you want to try that one again? Do you want me to do that stupid rewind sound effect? Oh, you could do it on that one. There is a lot of hibbity-dibbity and happiness happening in the life of Jay Sol Herbert, which is great. And on the topic of elite athletes, that's what we are discussing, discussing right now. Mitch Creek just signing to the Brooklyn Nets. He got the once-over by... Where was he playing again? Uh, Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks. Yes, <laughs> they signed Giannis's brother, but uh, luckily enough, Brooklyn gave him a chance, which is pretty awesome. So he tried out with them earlier in the year, I'm pretty sure, and then he went yeah. to Dallas on his uh, summer camp contract. But he signed a pre-season or a training camp deal with the Nets, which means he can either still make their 15-man roster, he could sign a two-way deal, or he could play in their G League team. So either way, he's going to be over there in front of NBA coaches, NBA scouts, and getting his chance, man. It's awesome. Oh, man, it's great That's to see huge. a boy that grew up right here and for many years lived behind my house, so that'll be my claim to fame. <laughs> like, his property was right behind ours. It is awesome to see. He's actually in town this week, so we're going to be catching a... He's doing a couple of clinics here with the kids and then a bit of a speech as well, so we're hoping to catch up with him, Nim. It's going to be awesome. Do you know what is even more... Well, the thing that I love about this, and I put this up on my Twitter account too, the most awesome thing about Mitch Creek signing up, because... Like, we, we, like I, I'm not joking when I do say this. The region that you know you guys live in and that I used to live in has produced 
a fair few amount of elite athletes in terms of AFL footballers. Right now we see it, Jay, playing for your mob, the Fremantle Dockers, Darcy Tucker, former Horsham uh, Saints, Jared Berry also from the Horsham Saints, uh, Seb Ross for the St Kilda Footy Club. So we see a lot of football players coming from our region and a quick shout out to, to my co-host on uh, Off the Bend South Australia, Josh Jenkins from up in Swan Hill. So there are some elite athletes that do come out of the Wimmeramalee region. But everyone was already proud of Mitch Creek making it to the 36ers, getting to NBL, you know, playing in NBL finals and stuff like that. But the best part about this entire thing is any kid out there that does decide to chuck on a Horsham Hornets jersey or decides, oh, regardless, maybe you, you, you play down in Warrnambool, maybe you play up in Stall, wherever it is, you're a country kid and you're, you love basketball. Mitch Creek has just given you a prime chance that says, Hey, you know what? You want to make it to the NBA? There is a pathway to it, and you can do it. So, fight for your dreams, man, and that's what I think is most awesome. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't agree more. And the thing is, too, is is like you said, we are from a very small town, and for some reason, there does seem to be something in the water here for basketball players because we have had a heap of great ones come out of here, a bunch of footy players as well. I would like to drink that water because it certainly hasn't, you know, come over to me. But Jay, you've obviously been getting amongst it. Maybe it's a hippity dippity thing, man. I don't know. Well, if maybe we need to do a panel discussion next week when Mitch is here. We could have Mitch, Herbs, and they could sort of, you know, discuss their ways of keeping in shape <laughs> reaching those elite athlete levels. Uh, I think you, I think he's a trump mine easily. So Mitch, how often do you pound your missus? <laughs> Maybe you need to have like a little program you can hand it to him. And yeah. This is what I do, Creek. <laughs> no, but what Nim said is absolutely spot on. Like in any way, we're about to start coaching another group of eight or nine boys that are going to look up to a guy like that and we can use him as an, as an example to say, you know, if you set your mind to it and work hard, which is what he's done, he hasn't taken the easy road but if you want to do it, you can. We've also seen that too with like Matthew Delavidova too. I know uh, he's also a country lad doing some very, very good stuff. And uh, and what's even cooler too is this is also great exposure for the NBL. We've said numerous times that the NBL really is becoming one of the Premier Leagues. We see it now with uh, big names re-signing. We see it with uh, the NBL teams looking to get involved in the preseason. We see it with you know my the, my employer deciding you know what I'm going to buy a big 25% chunk of an NBL team. Oh, yeah. So local basketball is going gangbusters. And remember, it was it was just almost about 10 years ago where the NBL was looking very, very uh, bleak. And there was, there was talk of, remember, like, the reigning champions decided, yeah, we don't want no part of this next year. Sorry, guys. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely do, man. A lot of that went back on old Andrew Gaze's shoulders as well. He wanted to shut the whole thing down, which we've talked about yeah. before, Johnny. But glad to see it's on the up and up. And with Mitch... Signing in the NBA, that's just another feather oh, in the cap, exactly. I guess, of, of the league. Yeah, it was interesting when we were over. When we, when we did the course with Clay Moser, the uh, LA Lakers, one of the LA Lakers assistant coaches, he said we're actually looking at Australian athletes now because they have certain things that the American ones just don't, including that hustle. That's what got Delhi over the line. So Definitely. It's amazing. He's another country guy. And by the way, real quick before we do jump into the wrestling side of things, I can see Herbs is visibly bored right now. But before <laughs> we do jump into that, Nims, I would like to say to you, being a Los Angeles Lakers boy, you're obviously probably loving life with LeBron signing there. But Johnny and I, we did go to a coach's course that one of the co-coaches put on in Bendigo a couple of weeks back. Or last week it was. Last week, yeah. yeah, there you go. And he was a really great dude, man. And I really liked the Los Angeles Lakers philosophy on, on playing ball. And we sort of took a look behind the scenes, I guess, Johnny, mm. and, and how, how they run things. And it was actually really good, man. So... 
You know, I'm, they're growing on me a little. Yeah, uh, look, it's no secret. Generally, two things always come up when we talk NBA. One, how much I love the Lakers, and two, how much I hate the Raptors. So, <laughs> so like, I am kind of cool. It is sort of nice to see, which is ironic considering the fact that I originally started off as an Orlando Magic fan, because, as you know, I do love Shaquille O'Neal. But um, there are some good things happening to the Lakers, but that's spread right across the league. You probably would have seen that little meme that CDS Sports went and did about that guy that woke up from a coma in 2016 and uh, the landscape of the NBA oh, yeah. has changed. So it is good to sort of see that, you know, teams aren't just spinning their wheels because it's probably very easy to do so to make up the numbers. But glad to see the Lakers are at least putting in place something to maybe get us back to the glory years. Definitely, man. I'm not sure all the pieces are there just yet, but... You know, give them a couple of years and maybe mm. some injuries to the Warriors <laughs> and, you know, you never know. But let's hey, switch things up, man. Just before we do that quickly, because this kind of like, this will kind of uh, be a little bit related to the terms of combat, but uh, I want to ask you guys uh, of your thoughts on the really, really lenient punishment that FIBA went and handed out to the Philippines basketball team after their huge brawl with the Aussies. And the most ridiculous one, where our boy Chris Golding, who does nothing and gets pounced on by 20-odd dudes, gets suspended for one game. Yeah, man. Johnny and I have gone into big conversations mm. about this. It really uh, rolled me up quite a bit. I don't even want to talk about this. It's so disappointing. Yeah, it's 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 Andrew Bogut, I think, said it best. He yep. said, take a look where the World Cup of Basketball has been held in 2023. That's the reason the it's happened. Yep. It's in the Philippines. It's ridiculous. No. I can't even believe it, man. And, you know, you get the crap beaten out of you and you get suspended for a game. Yep. Okay? Yep. Yeah, and, ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous stuff. And, and what I do like is the fact that uh, the boomers have sort of already been outspoken about it and they're not just going to go, oh, yeah, we'll cop it on the chin. They're like, no, this ain't right. We're going to do something about it. But uh, look, we'll move on, we'll move on because there are some good things to talk about, Nettie, and that is Impact Wrestling is back, baby. Oh, is it what, man? Now, you've been saying this to me for a little while now, man, and it is so true. John, you need to get on this. Jay, you probably don't have time for this with all that hippity dippity. <laughs> but you are looking like a, a pro wrestler once again. Yeah, um, Jay's got a lot of impact on his plate already. Yeah, hey, <laughs> oh, funny there that. We go. At least he's awake. Yeah, true. <laughs> but no, nah, man, I want you to go. We've got five or so minutes before we jump into this Bobby Lashley interview. Tell us about your thoughts on the current state of Impact Wrestling and how it has somehow revived itself again. It's the company that seems to be always on the ropes, but now, I think, fingers crossed, touch wood, it is looking fantastic. And the, the pay-per-view I just checked out, Slammiversary, 12 out of 10, best pay-per-view I've seen in months, years. Hell yeah. Like, Slammiversary has been getting some very, very good, excellent uh, feedback, and rightly so, too. Remember, Nettie, the, the, most of the problems from TNA started when Eric Bischoff and Charter jumped, uh, jumped on board together and formed the lights because they aimed a little bit too big. They tried to do arena shows. They tried to leave the impact zone. But the thing is, they were aiming too big at the time. What they are doing now is smarter. Don Callis is the new guy that's in charge. They're getting a team of like young blood, and we've seen, you know, the, the main stage of TNA, they've kind of moved on in the sense of like your Bobby Lashley's have left, they've gone to WWE, your EC3. But they did the right thing and they, you know, did their business the right way out. And the cool thing is now with Impact, 
as you saw with Slammiversary. That was done in a nightclub, Betty. Oh, was it really? So very similar to what we saw just the other week with the House of Hardcore sort of thing, small-time venue, yeah? Exactly. So, But you saw that, though, like, when we, uh, the House of Hardcore, that was a really great intimate setting. We saw with, at Slammiversary, they re- that was one of the most... You Tell me that was not one of the most unique setups you've ever seen. Every single person in there, that building was sold out. So rather than booking an arena that sits, you know... 15,000 people and only filling 2,000 of those seats, what Impact have done is they're finding venues like 1,500 and selling it out and doing really, really good jobs of doing so. They've got some really cool talent too, a mix of veterans, like for example, Tommy Dreamer had an absolute awesome match with Eddie Edwards. Sammy Callahan, who's a guy that used to be in NXT, and we've seen him too, Neddy. Uh, he's one of Dean Ambrose's old running mate. Oh, Remember when we watched that CZW video? Yes, that's where I recognise him from, man. Like, he was honestly, Johnny, I was watching a match that he was in. He was foaming at the yeah. end. There was, like, spit coming out. It was one of the gross... Have you seen that match, man, between him and Pentagon? It is hard yeah. to watch at times, dude. Hard Ugh. to watch, but it was intense. It is very cool. Look, the Knockouts division is doing fantastically. Ali is fast becoming one of my favourite wrestlers, male or female too. And you mentioned too, Danny Pentagon Jr. We loved him in Lucha Underground. Look at him strapping on the Impact Wrestling colors and doing some great things there. And Austin Aries also doing fine stuff. We saw. Remember when we saw Moose debut for Old School TNA? Yep. How, how much has he improved? Oh, he's really come along great guns. When I saw that he was headlining, I was like, man, this is, you know, I'm not sure about this. It's been great right up until then. But him and Austin Aries really put on one hell of a hell of a match, man, and it didn't disappoint at all. Oh, yeah, dude. And the tag team division is doing fantastically. There's some really, really good guys. The thing is, too, there's not a lot of well-known big-name talent in Impact right now. But they, we didn't know about guys like, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and stuff like that when we first started watching NXT. Now look at them, the main event in paper. So all I'm saying is, give Impact a chance, check it out, because it's easily digestible. It's not like it's three or four hours. Just give it a go, because you'll be really, really impressed. And I'm glad to see they're taking really, really small baby steps. But they're not trying to do it all in one big hit. Yeah, definitely. And like I was saying to you guys in our good old group chat message there, they've got their own their answer to the WWE Network, which I think, what was it? Global Wrestling Network, GWN. Yeah. $7.99 a month, so it's a little bit cheaper, and you get all of the Impact weekly shows as well as the pay-per-views and all those house shows, like those one-night stands and whatnot on there as well, so you can go back and watch and check it all out. $8 a month, man, really is not a, not a lot and definitely worth getting amongst. And the best part, too, is uh, like really, really interesting is the fact that the WWE Network, because they've got so much TNA talent signed up, somehow they're like, you know, helping each other out a little bit because like every time there's like an AJ Styles or Samoa Joe documentary or a table for three, GWN are going and chucking a uh, passing over the footage and the WWE is actually giving them a plug. Yeah, I think that's great right there. I think maybe back in the day when Dixie and Eric Bischoff were going up or trying to go up against the WWE, they didn't want to have part of it, but now... I think Impact sort of knows its place sort of thing and they, they know they can work with WWE and they'll never be like a real contender, if you know what I mean, a real competitor. No, of course not, but we do see now, uh, and further on to that, I think it's just a mere fact that everyone's just doing what's best for wrestling because, let's face it, EC3 is still the same EC3 in 
NXT at the moment. We've got the broken slash woken Matt Hardy in the WWE right now. Like, everyone's just sort of sharing stuff, and it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, most definitely is, man. So jump onto that Impact Wrestling. I'm going to get onto that GWN Network today, Global Wrestling Network. Get amongst it. Nims, throw us to this interview, man. You caught up with Bobby Lashley. Now, this dude right here once was in a match with Donald Trump, current (laughs) president of the United States of America, and wow... That's big, man. And I'm pretty sure he's also the only he's the only president in history to have been given a stone cold stunner. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that may change, yes. But yeah, man, you you got to chat with Bobby Lashley, which is awesome. He's on WWE now. He used to be on TNA, man, and that one is coming up next. Uh, yeah, this is Ritz, White Jesus, and you're now listening to the Underground. That there is the theme music to SummerSlam next to WrestleMania, the WWE's biggest pay-per-view event. And it's on Monday, August 20, Australian time. And you can check it out on Main Event on Foxtel or on the WWE Network. But unfortunately for my next guest, he doesn't have a spot on the card yet after missing out on a shot at Brock Lesnar's Universal Championship after a loss to Roman Reigns on Monday Night Raw. But despite that, he's been good enough to give me some time for a chat. Please welcome my guest at this time. Former ECW champion and WWE United States champion, Bobby Lashley. Bobby, thanks for joining us on the show this morning. Been a very big fan of your work, both in the WWE and out of it. Oh, thank you, man. Oh, I was looking at the stats, and this is your second time around in the WWE, but despite being in WrestleMania main events and Money in the Bank matches and Royal Rumbles, You've never actually wrestled at a SummerSlam, and going into this year's edition at Barclays Center and the prestige of SummerSlam, are you intimidated by the history at all heading into it this year? Yeah, I, I, just, I think it's not that I've, I've been I've been with the WWE for two SummerSlams already, and never had a chance to be in it. I mean, something always came up; it was crazy. So it doesn't necessarily intimidate me. It kind of just motivates me a little bit more. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, first time. It was the first time that I was in Madison Square Garden several weeks back. And now it's the first time that I had an opportunity to be at SummerSlam. Now, obviously, you missed out on a shot at Brock Lesnar this time around, but you have been a world champion outside the WWE. And you also spent a lot of time wrestling in various promotions since your first run here. Is that one of the things to tick off the accomplishments, winning the WWE or Universal Championship uh, when you're here this time around? I think so. Um, And the reason why is... um, I did this in fighting and in wrestling. Like my my fighting and my wrestling schedules are kind of parallel. I came in immediately, like straight off the bat, right into a major organization. I did that with fighting, going right into Strike Force, and I did that in wrestling, going right into WWE. And when you get in that that position right off the bat, people kind of they're a little overcritical on you because they don't really believe that you deserve to be there because they didn't look at my amateur wrestling background but spending 20 years into it winning national championships they look at more oh you got to be independent wrestling and do some of this in order to be legitimized in wrestling so from both of these i took a step back after i left strike force i did a lot of small fights um to just kind of get comfortable and be in the ring the same thing i did in wrestling i took a step back and did some indie indie promotions i i run around the world from Japan, I went, did a lot of stuff in England. I did a lot of stuff all the way across the board. Italy, I went down there, um, and then I came back and I worked with Impact. 
And then Impact, when I was at Impact, I worked like the Austin Aries, I worked um, Bobby Roode, I worked um, Drew, um, I wrestled <laughs> so many different guys, and I got an opportunity to read Jeff Hardy, I wrestled all with the, all these guys, uh, EC3, uh, Moose, I wrestled all these guys. So it, it was a different style of wrestling. And, and those guys looked at me and they said, wow, you know, you can work with anyone. I can work with anyone. I was working with some of the exhibition guys. So now when I came back, I think that I have an opportunity to have great matches with anybody on the roster. And, and, that's, uh, and, and since I've done that, now I want to go after the world title. So, yes, absolutely. Um, the world title is something that is extremely important to me to just kind of show that, look, I did everything that is necessary in order to be legitimized and in order to have that title and, and stamp my name in the history of WWE. Now, I did mention this is your second run in the WWE. It has been about 10 years since you were last here. Has the locker room changed a lot since, or is it exactly the same as you remembered it? It is a little different. Um, it's a little relaxed a little bit more right now. Um, back then when I was there, I mean, I had I had a lot of really, um, I don't want to say it was, it was, it was, there was tension, but there was just different people in the locker room. I mean, locker room before, you know, you had JBL, Undertaker was there, Batista was there, um, Bob Holly, Benoit, Eddie Guerrero. Um, so these guys have more of that old school mentality. When you come into the locker room, there's certain things that you do. There's etiquette. There's ways to kind of keep everything structured. And they had a more um, structured group. Now it's more, it's more a little relaxed. You know, a lot of people kind of do their own things, um, and. It's, it's comfortable. It's very comfortable now. Um, whereas before, I'm not saying it wasn't comfortable, but it was just kind of different. There was a higher expectation before. Now it's just kind of like it's a little, a little bit more free-flowing. You would have seen a lot of familiar faces in the locker room when you came back. I mean, you've worked with guys like Samoa Joe, Eric Young, Bobby Roode, Drew McIntyre, when you were outside the WWE. Now that you're all back together, what was it like when you bumped into each other for the first time in a WWE locker room? Um, respect given and respect earned. I mean, we, I had some great matches with some of those guys. Like, Eric Young came and gave me a big hug. Bobby Yuri was excited to see me. I saw Drew. Me and Drew went, and we had wars, and it was like fun wars. It's kind of wars that I like where you just go out there and just fight. Um, so he was excited to see it, and man, we said, you know, we're going to see each other down the road when we were at TNA before. So um, it, it, was, it, was, it was great to see a lot of these guys, and, and, and it was, everybody kind of knew we were going to end up in the same place and probably having a match against each other in, in the near future. Bobby, the WWE's having a huge WrestleMania-like show in Australia in October at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, the WWE Super Showdown. We're all very, very excited for the biggest WWE event in Australia, and it's also going to be broadcast live from the first time ever uh, from Australia, that is. Um, are you pumped as well to get down here? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to see if they can send me there early. <laughs> I love Australia, man. It's one of my favorite places in the world to visit, so... Um, I'm gonna, I'm, I can't wait to get there. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, what is it about Australia that you're looking forward to? Uh, you know, for me, it's it's great. I'm, I'm more of a people person. So I know there's a lot of, um, you know, I've, I've visited Australia several times. I'm actually Australian wrestling national champion, amateur wrestling national champion. When I was in college, I went down there, wrestled the national championships and, and won it. So that was pretty cool. But uh, And I had an opportunity to go to AIS, the uh, Australian Institute of Sports, um, and, and visit there. And, and we just toured all around, um, went to Great Barrier Reef, all kinds of different things. So um, if I come down, it's just for me, just kind of just visiting, meeting people, meeting fans, um, just doing some of the local stuff. 
Now, before I let you go, it is a shame that you missed out on facing Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. It is one of the dream matches that a lot of the WWE Universe are hoping to see. Is Brock someone that you'd like to take on somewhere down the road? Yes. Um, I think that, man, I think that is something that the... Like, man, I, I say so many people deserve that, that match. I think I deserve that damn match. I think Brock deserves that match. I think the fans deserve that match. For the past 10 years, I've been getting messages, countless messages from everybody across the world that, that, that are just dying to see Brock and I step in the ring together. And I'm not taking anything away from anybody else. I just think that's a match that is needed to happen. I mean, it's, 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 been, it's been written since the beginning of time. From the minute that I stepped into WWE, people were comparing us two together. And then after that, us both going out fighting. Then us both coming back and, 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 and the size, the, the counters. You know, they're, they're, we, we are a match that is, that is written. That needs to happen. Well, for our sakes, I really hope it does happen. Bobby Lashley, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for taking some time to chat with us. And whatever you do at SummerSlam, we look forward to seeing it. All the best, and thank you for chatting with us. Thank you.